Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. Earlier this year, Raul E. Aguirre and the YWCA of Tucson presented Chicano cartoonist Lalo Alcaraz in an event entitled An Evening of Deconstructing Chicano Satire, co-sponsored by UA Confluence Center for Creative Inquiry and UA's Spanish and Portuguese Department. Award-winning satirist, artist, political cartoonist, hellraiser, and trailblazer Lalo Alcaraz is well known as the man behind the first nationally syndicated, politically-themed Latino daily comic strip, La Cucaracha. His critical examinations of attitudes towards Latinos in America have been at the forefront of Latino-Chicano activism. Most recently, Alcaraz was hired by Pixar Disney as a consultant for the upcoming 2017 Dia de los Muertos animated film Coco. Lalo Alcaraz made remarks and screened the pilot in another episode of Border Town, an upcoming American adult animated sitcom created by Family Guy writer Mark Henteman and executive produced by Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane that will follow two families living in a southwest desert town on the United States-Mexico border. It will premiere on January 3, 2016 on Fox. Lalo Alcaraz is a consultant and a writer for Border Town. Here are opening remarks made by Lalo Alcaraz. Wow, thank you, uh, Tucson. You guys uh, really showed up for me. That's great. I really appreciate it. I love Tucson so much. Weather, you know, it's all right. But uh, it's part of the charm, right? Like, I'm slowly turning to sand, though. I had to drink extra liquids today. It sneaks up on you. But I love being here. Love the people. I love the, the cultura. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, wonderful. Um, and uh, so... Uh, I uh, have, and I announced it in the other room, but you know, I, we, we um, at Bordertown, uh, the show that we've been working on for almost two years, uh, we've, we've locked down 13 episodes of the show. And uh, the, 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 it's debuting in January on Fox. Uh, we, had, we hit a lot of resistance with uh, like, any project that I'm involved in hits resistance, right? So we did a lot of resistance online when we posted the, the first trailer for it, which was a terrible trailer and it just had a bunch of pedo jokes and what, you know, it's kind of like, you know, whatever. So um, Fox, we convinced Fox, because we know that this is a unique show it, and that's why I signed on for it. It's, it, it's, it's animation, but half the cast are, the characters are Mexican, and Mexican-American characters, and it's, that's unheard of in animation. And I think, and so we convinced Fox, because there's still some nervous executives over at Fox, they're like, we don't want to get burned, you know, you know, we, 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 we don't want people like angry at us for, you know, uh, uh, people are already claiming without seeing the show that this show is a racist show, that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's degrading and, hey, and I asked somebody online, I said, Are really, did you see all the episodes? This is when we hadn't even finished. I go, do you see all the episodes? Because you know what? We haven't even finished writing all 13 episodes. But if you saw them, and you have some kind of a time machine, can I borrow it? 
because I would like to go back and meet Emiliano Zapata, you know? And, and, and so, they, of course, they can't say anything back because, you know, people love to prejudge, especially on the internet. So, uh, the show, uh, when I was first introduced, uh, oh, so, I'm uh, sorry, my brain's going in circles here. The, um, the important part about us asking Fox to let us go around the country, and, and us, I mean myself and Gustavo Arellano, thank you for the lights, Gustavo Arellano, who writes the column Ask a Mexican. Yes, he's uh, uh, he's crazy. Uh, and who, where's the guy that brought the flower tortillas for Gustavo? Gustavo hit me up on Twitter, thank you so much. And Gustavo hit me up on Twitter, he said, bring me back flour tortillas, I'm not kidding. And I'm like, you are a crazy person, what are you talking about? So, uh, and then a uh, gentleman shows up with uh, three packs at least, or something of the giant Sonora style flour tortillas, which I, now I have to take to Gustavo. But, but you know what? He's going to give me a bottle of whiskey back. So that's, that's a good trade, you know, in my book. So uh, me and Gustavo, we always go out and speak to the community. Regardless, we do gigs. Uh, we speak in colleges. And we said, you know what? We can take out the episode uh, Border Wall, which is, they, we picked an episode. They picked the one that me and the, my boss, uh, the show creator, Mark Hanneman, wrote, uh, co-wrote. Uh, and they, they say, they say it's the funniest episode, but they also say it's the episode, it's the quintessential episode of Border Town shows what everything that the show's about. So we've been screening it all over the country, it's been getting great reviews, no one comes out of there pissed off and saying, you know, kill Seth MacFarlane or anything, uh, who's our executive producer. Uh, and, um, and, but then uh, my boss met with the head of Fox, and who uh, wasn't uh, getting all the great news about our screenings, he may have had a great suggestion uh, because the, the, the debut's coming, you know, and we've been, but we've been doing, you know, I, I tell him, this is what happens when you hire a Mexican to do a job, even if it's a TV writer job, which is a great job, uh, we still work five times harder than anyone else. And we're out there uh, uh, promoting the show 24 seven because uh, we believe in the show. The guy from Fox said, you should also screen the pilot and see if maybe we should screen the pilot instead of the Border Wall episode, which is an awesome episode, he said. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and my boss said, that sounds good. And I wrote in, I chimed in, and I said, can I have it now because I'm going to Tucson? And you know, they have to make a copy of it. It's, this is a rare thing of seeing an unscreened show out a la brava, you know, just me going around going, hey, you wanna watch my unscreened television show? It costs millions of dollars to make. You know, please don't, uh, you know, copy it and sell it at the Tucson swap meet, okay? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> He's already made a whole DVD. Dino a la pirateria, right? No. Um, so, uh, uh, they said, yes, boom, they messaged me a, a, a copy, and I hope it plays, because uh, it's very finicky. So, I want to announce, Tucson is the first city that gets to see both Border Wall and the pilot episode. <laughs> called, the pilot episode is called The Engagement, and it sets up uh, the characters, sets up the characters much better so when you watch Border Wall, you go like, oh, I know why this is happening, it's a little better. And so um, the pilot episode is, has 
uh, uh, the background has a little bit of a, you know, a certain law, the SB 1070 law, uh, 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 as, as part of the backstory, the, as, as part of the story of this episode, the theme. So um, I'm trying to think of uh, other things that, the, the behind the scenes DVD did not work, so I'm gonna have to set it up the behind the scenes, but I'll let you know that my, my boss hired five Latino writers for this series, and, and five out of 14 writers is insane in Hollywood. Five brown anything is insane in Hollywood. Unless it's, you know, the guy serving the donuts at the craft service table or whatever, you know. I, I, yeah, I, I, it, it, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I've been to meetings at, like, uh, at big agencies, ICM, CAA, and the, the Willie Morris, they used to be represented by Willie Morris, like, 15 years ago. And the only Mexicanos there are the guys pushing the pastry truck, you know. And, and guess what happens? We end up like, hey, what's up, man? What are you doing? You know, because <laughs> like, they're shocked to see you, like, oh my god, who's that? You know, we're not like, you know, famous celebrities walking around. We're not recognizable. Like, what the hell? Are you gonna take my pastry job? You know, what's that, man? But you know, so we see each other. We're like, connect. You know, so it's it's a trip. Um, and but now you know I didn't know that I was going to live to see the day where actually Hollywood was actually going to start making Latino projects. You know, and uh, I've been trying to get into Hollywood for 20 years. You know, yeah, they have to. They know. You know, Latinos are like the number one moviegoers. We see, uh, you know, like we buy the majority. We, we see uh, 25 25 percent of the movie tickets are purchased by Latinos, and we're only you know like 15 14 percent of the population, and uh, it, it's just crazy, so, and they made a study, you know, that when uh, a, a TV show cast and, or a movie cast is diverse, it makes like 30% more money, and so, what matters in Hollywood? Money. <laughs> and this is what, when I try to explain to, like, and I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that haters, uh, you know, like, this is, this is, this is not, a business for the meek. It's show business, you know, there's a show and there's business. It, you know, like, of course, corporations are, are, are trying to make money off of us, trying to make money off of everybody. That's what a corporation does. So it'd be better, I think, if we try to get in there and have a little more power in these things because, you know, TV shows, movies, those are important things. I remember growing up and watching Dubbed over, uh, I grew up in San Diego on the border uh, with Tijuana, and growing up and not seeing any brown people on TV, watching shows like Bonanza, that's how old I am, Bonanza, and I would see Adam, the but the, the Cartwright, the Adam Cartwright, the son, he had black hair, so I was like, oh, he's Mexican, cool. I like him, you know, he's speaking Spanish. This is dubbed over, you know, 60s, 70s TV, you know, and that's, I remember, you know, growing up like that, and thinking, wow, no wonder, no wonder we, no wonder I'm all screwed up. But no wonder, you know, we we, we shouldn't have to, uh, you know, have negative images in the media or zero uh, uh, presence in the media. You know, like they'll they'll make these movies set in 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 the future. You know, they're set in L.A. or they're set in some fake future city, and there's no brown people. You know, and these you know, it's like, oh, we don't exist in the future, damn. You know, thanks. You know, and it's ridiculous, you know, so, um, 
you know, I've been working in the media for, for, since forever, and so this was a natural evolution for me to, uh, to join this team uh, at Bordertown. And it was like, you know, it, it, was, it was like I got dropped in from outer space, like, boom, you're a primetime comedy writer. I am. <laughs> and I learned a lot in, in the year and a half that we worked on doing these. The show's going to air in uh, January, um, and hopefully Sunday nights right after Family Guy. Uh, and it's gonna, and I, I need you guys to all watch it. Even though you're gonna watch it tonight before the rest of the country, uh, uh, I need you guys to watch the, 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 the pilot. I need to watch it every week, and it'll be great. Or let your kids, you know, use parental discretion as advice. Uh, and the, the real little ones won't get it, so it's alright. But <laughs> I actually, we're, we're pretty cool here, I think. Yeah. You guys are all mature. It's most of you, except for Fitzsimmons. Where's he? Oh, there you are. <laughs> uh, the, okay, well, now the setup is uh, Border Town is uh, the, a show about two friends and neighbors. Bud Buckwald, he's a, a dopey, kind of racist Border Patrol agent, uh, and his neighbor, Ernesto Gonzalez, who's a successful Mexican immigrant. He owns uh, his own landscaping company. He's the boss. He's been here 30 years. Uh, they uh, they have a Homer and Flanders thing, like Simpsons, you know, like they, you know, like, uh, like but Ernesto likes Bud, uh, and uh, Bud can't figure out why the Mexican's doing better than he is, you know. That's right, because you're a fool, that's why, you know, because the Mexican guy's working harder. Uh, and so, they live in the, the town of Mexifornia, uh, which is hilarious because that that's, that's like the, the title of a racist book, uh, or, or subtitle, the, the Browning of California or something like that. Mexifornia, it's this like racist uh, white supremacist author wrote this book. And I don't even know that my boss knows that, you know, which is kind of cool. He's like, he's a TV guy, he just picked that name. Like, he, maybe he thought he made it up like Calexico, and he said, oh, I'll flip it, Mexifornia. Um, but it, it's, it's poetic justice, you know. You are listening to remarks made by Lalo Alcaraz at an advanced screening of the pilot of Border Town earlier this year at the YWCA Tucson. Up next are remarks made after the pilot and prior to an advanced screening of another episode of Border Town. I believe in uh, making the details pop out. Like, for instance, I was asked to design, uh, and I don't draw for the show but I was asked to design the interior of the Gonzalez home. So I went, I asked all my friends, what do you remember from your 1970s, 1980s Mexican family home? And they all said, oh, you know, uh, Aztec calendars, plastic covered couches, uh, giant wooden fork and spoon on the wall, the tortilleria calendar that's 10 years out of date, you know, uh, all, all this stuff. So we packed it all in and it even has like, my tia used to have a house in the barrio in, in San Diego in Logan Heights, and she had a um, she, she she had an old Victorian house that's since been gentrified. It's probably like half a million dollars now, but she had this old junky Victorian house, and she had beads hanging from every doorway, right? So I put in the kitchen 
uh, uh, this entry uh, of, of the Gonzalez kitchen, uh, beads hanging, you know, the, the bead cortinas. And because my tia, uh, my tia Esther, she would tell me, mijo. And I, would, and I was like, I was like 14 years old, she's like, mijo, when I die, this is gonna be your inheritance. And I was like, gee, thanks. So these ancient beads from the 1970s are really like, I was so grateful. Uh, but so they live on now forever, you know, and all, also we have an episode uh, about uh, the um, churches, about the, the mega churches taking, um, taking Latinos from the Catholic Church. And um, the artists in the show drew a, uh, like a, for the Mexican church, they, for the, for the, for the mega church, they drew a giant crystal cathedral, crazy looking psychotic building. And for the Catholic Church, they drew like a Protestant church from Connecticut. And I said, you know what, we, we gotta change that. So I sent them some mission churches and stuff. And I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's like, it's, it's a trip because it's, um, you know, another level up from drawing a comic. You have to make sure the image is clear. It's gotta read. And since that, that's where we're gonna get in trouble with the, the, the stereotype beliefs and say, you know, and that's where I get in a lot of trouble with the stereotype police, because, you know, how else am I supposed to draw a taco cart guy, but, you know, a, a, a senor making tacos, you know? It's like, okay, on one level, that's a stereotype, but what if I want to have a character that sells tacos? I mean, it's not a negative thing to sell tacos. It's actually, taco cart guy is the number one character in my comic strip. He's the most popular one, you know? And he's right there in the Taco Mart uh, comic right there, you know? And, and so, you know, it's it's a weird line, you know, some people don't process cartoons the right way. So, I mean, the, you know, okay, there's a stereotype, the dumb dad, that's in animation. Homer Simpson, Peter Griffin, Family Guy, Bud Buckwall, you know, it, our life is full of stereotypes, you know, and of course, we're sensitive because we are stereotyped negatively as a community, uh, Rasa is, and so, of course, I understand, but then, how, you know, how are we gonna tell our stories if we can't use, I, I, I try to think of them as archetypes, you know, the taquero, uh, you know, my, my dad, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I have little patience for anybody that's, that's offended that Ernesto is a gardener, you know, he's not, he's a landscape business owner, he's the head gardener, my dad was a gardener. I used to go mow lawns with him on Saturdays. You know, my mom cleaned houses for middle class white people in San Diego. That's like honest, hard ass work that they did to keep me alive and fed. Uh, and uh, so there, you know, we have to like discuss the other side of it, you know, and not just you say, oh, we all have to be uh, lawyers and uh, school board members, you know. <laughs> and like Raul was saying earlier, you know, those, the, those parents work hard for us so that we could go and do what, you know, live our dreams, you know, and that's what my, my, my folks did for me, so I could live my dream of, you know, make people laugh and try to think so, you know. This is what the show is really about. It's about, because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, if you saw the you know, picture of my boss, Mark Hanneman, I mean, he's like the, always the whitest white dude in every room that he goes, and, and he's from Cleveland, Ohio, because we get whiter than that. And he, he, um, he wanted to write this show um, because A, 
he wanted to, he, he wanted to pitch his own show. That's what you do as a, you're a, a TV producer, showrunner. You get to pitch your show because you have access to all the people at the behind high level. And he said, what hasn't Simpsons and Family Guy and American Dad not done? And it took him a while and he came up with this Archie Bunker character based on his dad and Archie Bunker. A, a, an older white guy who's like, his, his world is changing and he can't deal with it. And this one is like, boom, it's, he's on the border. He's a border patrolman living next to a Mexican immigrant. And you know, if you notice in the, the Mexican, in um, the Gonzalez house, you know, like, they have, they have all these cousins living in there. And, and then they have all these true stereotypes, you know. They have, uh, the funniest thing is um, the, the uh, well, let me get back to that. But the, so the, the you know, uh, the show is really about the demographic change in the U.S. And it's, uh, someone earlier at the U of A said, uh, Lalo's documentary, Border Town. I'm like, no, it's not a documentary. Please don't say that. You know, because I get border academics like trying to pitch me like really boring show ideas, episode ideas for the show. I'm like, dude, this is not the uh, National Geographic border show or anything. Man. It's it's a sitcom, you know. But uh, so um, the 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 funny thing though, back to uh, the house was that the one of the Fox executives were really nervous. Uh, they asked us to take the Christmas lights off of the Mexican family's house uh, because they said it was like it was very racist. And we said, we told them, we had to tell them, despite it's good to have a diverse team, we said like, that's actually the funniest stereotype that we all laugh about, you know, that our tios and tias and abuelos don't want, why, why do we want to change the Christmas lights? Christmas is coming, you know, it's around the corner, I don't care if it's July, you know, uh, they're already up, mira que bonitas, you know. And so, uh, you know, it's like a funny, dumb stereotype. It's not racist or anything. And so, but the, the, the white TV executives don't get it, you know. So that's why we're having, you know, a little pushback from, from them. Yes. You are listening to remarks made by Lalo Alcaraz ahead of a screening of Border Town at the YWCA Tucson earlier this year. It's the show set in the desert. Uh, it's kind of like the Area 51. It's it's most like this one um, border patrol station that is actually in Arizona. I think it's called the Ajo Station. And it's we had a border patrol agent come talk to us. Who, he was like the brother-in-law of one of the writers. And uh, he says, that's the station you get sent to when when you screw up. And you get, to, you get to live there for a year out in the middle of nowhere. And that's kind of like what our station looks like. We didn't plan it, it just kind of happened. So it was kind of funny and sad for those people. But, um, and uh, did you guys notice who was sitting at the criminal syndicate meeting? Yeah, this is like, this is when I get really annoyed at like the, I don't know how we call them, the, uh, the super Chicanos uh, that uh, get pissed that I'm working on such a show. But I got, I wrote in, Enrique Peña Nieto sitting in the criminal syndicate meeting, and that joke stayed in. And I even said, you know what? You could draw him, uh, you know, uh, the way he is, but you got to put that sweet sash across his chest that they wear during the ceremonies, and then people would be like, oh my God, that's Enrique Peña Nieto. So I'm very proud of that joke. And um, uh, there's, there, I actually, you know, if if one of your jokes stays in the whole. Sh- process of the show, man, it's like, it's hardcore, because the, the show's rewritten, like I said, so much, 
that uh, it's actually kind of an achievement. So I'm happy uh, that a bunch of my jokes got in, even though I'm the you know credited author of the the co-author of the episode. You still other people write the jokes too, you know. So it's true. Yeah, you know, it's just a, a a small group, you know, and and a lot of them well, used to be my friends or, or claimed to be my friends, and then turn around and and were the loudest people uh, against me. So I am disappointed in some of them because you know I like help people out, and I don't run around going, I help you out, you know. But this time I I would if someone called me out, I go. Didn't I come speak at your school for free at your, uh, you know, indigenous high school in East LA? But now you're like, you, I'm like Chicano Hitler, you know? Thanks, you know, thanks a lot. That's no good deed goes unpunished, you know. So it's just a small group, and I understand there's there's concerns or whatever. But also, I would hope that people would give me a little bit of credit for the work that I do. I think I earned my stripes, and and I don't run around going, I earned my stripes, you know. I just. I just go out and earn them, and you know I don't, I don't like I don't care. I'm, I get embarrassed when people tell you, "Congratulations, Stripey." You know I, I don't care about that stuff. I don't, I don't care about money. Uh, I don't care about like getting honored over and over again. You know, it's, I just I like to do this. This is fun. In January, if you guys watch it and the ratings are good, they're gonna push the button. Uh, and give us another season, uh, and so we could do, like I said, 22 more episodes. Well, we have a problem with that, uh, with the Seth MacFarlane being associated. He doesn't work on the show, or, you know, he's been to, uh, he did one panel at Board, uh, Comic-Con, and he did, he sat in on one reading, he's watched a couple episodes later, but it was more like him and Mark have the same agent, because Mark works for Seth MacFarlane, my family guy. So we had, we hit that problem when we put the trailer out there, like, F Seth MacFarlane, this is just another racist show. And so that's when, you know, me and Gustavo stepped up and we, we turned the narrative around and said, you know, it's actually not working on it. Um, and we had to be sensitive about that because he is Seth MacFarlane. He's made a billion dollars for Fox. And Fox only knows he made us a billion dollars. We're going to put his name on this thing so he can get one more paycheck and we can, you know, be, uh, make more money, you know, and that's, because like I said, it's show business. That's what they do, you know. Uh, and, and we're all in it to earn a living, you know. So, um, yeah, there's, um, they, I'm sure they're, they're expecting, uh, and there's a lot of people that are actually very nervous about the show. And so that's why we're doing this now, laying the groundwork and getting press on it to show, you know, the best headline that we saw was from Remezcla.com, a really cool website, blog, uh, that said, Border Town is not the show that you think it is. It's not what you are are expecting. It's something else, and it's a pro-immigrant show, and it, it it shows you know Latino and Mexican culture in a way that it's never been seen, never been seen on TV. And because it's cartoons, we can be even more truthful and you know whatever. So I mean, I also I pitched a joke, and it wasn't even a joke. It, it was part of a joke. I had the, the, the Mexican family cheering Gert, the little honey boo-boo on crack girl. Like, and they, they, they go, they go uh, I pitched it, I said, the family goes and cheers for them and they say, Alabim, Alabam, Alabim, Bomba, and my boss is like, put that in, you know? Because <laughs> nobody, I think, in the history of television has pitched that as, as, as a line in a, in a sitcom, you know? And it got in because it's a real thing 
and people and and it was new to their ears, you know. And it's and it's funny. And when we watch it, we're gonna go like, ah, I heard that a million times at parties, you know, whatever. So the for yeah, there's gonna be backlash, of course, but. I, I think you guys see that the show is not, you know, family guy uh, with racist Mexican jokes. It's something else. Uh, I hope you guys agree with that and you tell everybody. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys being here for the historic double screening of Border Town. So uh, thank you, Tucson. Thank you, Mike Anderson. Everybody, Louisville. Double uh, High School, Catalina, leave anybody out, you know. Uh, and uh, if you guys want to come back and buy some more posters, I will be so happy to sign some for you. Thank you. You've been listening to remarks made by Chicano cartoonist Lalo Alcaraz in an evening entitled Deconstructing Chicano Satire, presented by Raul Iaguirre and the YWCA of Tucson and co-sponsored by the UA Confluence Center for Creative Inquiry and U.S. Spanish and Portuguese Department. Lalo Alcaraz made remarks and screed the pilot and another episode of Border Town, an upcoming American adult animated sitcom created by Family Guy writer Mark Henteman and executive produced by Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. That will follow two families living in a southwest desert town on the United States-Mexico border. It will premiere January 3, 2016, on Fox. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager.